of thanksgiving, something that you and I need to consider this morning as we look to the Word of God. So if you need a worship guide, would you please lift your hands, and these men will get one to you. We want everyone to have one, so please lift your hand. We have enough for everyone, and that would be great. Well, this morning, we are going to open our Bibles. Actually, I'm going to tell you plan B. We're not going to necessarily open our Bibles, though we're going to look at a lot of Bible. I want you to take notes and pay attention to the screen because we are going to talk about a life attitude. Thanksgiving is a life attitude. This is not something that should be every other day or, as the video said, you know, only in the good times. I mean, think about it for just a moment. You know, is it, is it just when things are going great that we choose thankful or could it also include the other end of, of, the, of, the, of life when, when things aren't going so great? You know, what is Thanksgiving? First of all, it's a life attitude. It's a life attitude. It's a mindset. It's positive. It's a positive mindset. It's a determined mindset. It takes determination to be thankful. It is a focused mind that is thankful. Someone has said that a a grateful mind is a great mind. Now, look at the spellings of those words to make sure you understand what the implication is here because someone who has a grateful mind is someone who has a, a great mind and a great attitude. So what I want to do this morning is I, I want to introduce you to some people. You know, when I think about the people who have, uh, who have taught me to be thankful, honestly... When I, when I think about this Thanksgiving Hall of Fame, um, I'm, I'm going to go to the Bible. If I wasn't going straight to Scripture to, to, to induct these five people into the Hall of Fame of my, my Thanksgiving Hall of Fame, I would tell you that of all the people in my life who have taught me to be thankful, the, the inductee I would put into the Hall of Fame would be my wife, Carol Ann. Carol Ann has taught me to be thankful. She's taught our children to be thankful. I was looking this week, I was putting some notes that my kids had written me this a couple of weeks ago, uh, and, and I was uh, going to put them in a file in my office. I have a file for all of my children and my wife. It has their name on it, and, and I just load it up, you know, when they give me a card. You know, you'd think you'd get a, maybe one or two a year, you know, Thanksgiving and fall. I mean, a Father's Day, maybe your birthday. But I went to put the Thanksgiving notes that I had received into my, or, or the thankful note that I received from my children into the file, and... I looked at literally hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds, no exaggeration, of letters and notes and cards that my children have written me through, the, through these years. I've got a 25-year-old son, a 15-year-old uh, son, and a uh, 15-year-old daughter, rather, and everything in between, and also a 10-year-old daughter. She's not able to, to write me, consciously write me notes, but those four, it's, it's overwhelming. I mean, I looked at it, I thought, I am so blessed, and then I thought, I'm blessed because I have a wife that says, be thankful. Write your daddy a note. I'm the recipient of the gratitude taught to my children from their mother. And it's overwhelming. And she's taught us all the, the incredible ingredient of thanksgiving in our lives. But today I want to go to the Word of God. And I want to induct five people into the Thanksgiving Hall of Fame. So, may I have the nominee for the first one? And the winner is, the first inductee into the Hall of Fame of Thanksgiving is, Nehemiah. That's right, Nehemiah. Who is this guy? Well, you know him. You know him as the great wall builder in Jerusalem. 
This guy's world famous when it comes to building walls. I mean, his story is phenomenal. And we looked at his story a few weeks ago uh, as an illustration in a sermon. And Nehemiah is the Bible's great wall builder. Under, listen, under his leadership, he was used to repair Jerusalem's defenses. There's so much to the story of this incredible story. I mean, it really is. I mean, he left his job as the king's cupbearer. He went to Jerusalem. He gathered an army of workers together. Now, the last few chapters of Nehemiah, some would say, are somewhat boring. If you take time to begin reading some of these chapters, you'll find that all they really are is just lists and lists of names. Name after name after name after name after name of people who were used to build the wall, almost like a thank you list. Uh, Nehemiah wanted to make sure that how, how thankful he was to these men. But then tucked away inside those chapters is a dedication ceremony. It was a ceremony that Nehemiah put on to dedicate the rebuilt walls of Jerusalem. And so Nehemiah chapter 12 and verse 31, Scripture says that he brought the leaders of Judah up onto the wall. All the leaders of Judah. And he appointed two great choirs. Can you imagine? These were thanksgiving choirs. These choirs were appointed the responsibility to play music as the people of God gave thanks. These two Thanksgiving choirs were made up of Levites with both musical skills and grateful hearts. Their job was found in Nehemiah chapter 12 in verse 24 and 27. Scripture says the chief of the Levites with their brethren over against them to praise and to give thanks according to the commandment. This was a commandment. This wasn't something that was optional. I mean, you give thanks after God blesses greatly. This is something that happens. By the way, in case you did not know this, one of the reasons why we come to church on the first day of the week is to give thanks for all that God has done. That's why we worship Him in spirit and in truth. We put as much emphasis on the worship as we do right here on this preaching. Why? Because we understand there's something that we need to be thankful for this morning. And so they appointed these two Thanksgiving choirs at the command of David Look at the next verse, 27 says, And at the dedication of the wall, they sought the Levites out of all their places to to bring them to Jerusalem, to keep the dedication with gladness, with thanksgiving, with singing, with cymbals, with psalteries, with harps. Sounds like they used more than one instrument. We've been missing out on that for a few years. Amen. Amen. I'm glad now we've got instruments upon instruments. And if you play an instrument, please let us know. We'd like for you to be a part. You see, this is called the Thanksgiving Choir. And Nehemiah was the leader of this. These two choirs would burst into praise and thanksgiving at the appointed moment. And the appointed moment was in verse 43. Also that day they offered great sacrifices and rejoiced for God had made them rejoice with joy. Wait a minute, did I miss a word? What's the difference between joy and great joy? I wonder. I wonder what the difference between joy and great joy is. The wives also. Wives participated. The children. So that the joy of Jerusalem was heard even afar off. Preacher, turn the music down. It's too loud. Turn it up. We want 
the people to hear from afar off. Now, understand, I'm just joking. I know if you've, if you've told me that, we're going to be sensitive to ears that are worn out. But we are going to say, we are going to be sensitive. But we are going to say that there is a reason why we don't want to whisper. We want people to hear us. We want to sing to God. Lift your voices and sing. Why? Because God has been good. Because he's saved us. Because he's redeemed us. Because he's blessed us. So many other things. But this is a beautiful verse. I wonder if there's some amazing things we can be thankful to God for. Well, number one, look around at the beauty of God's creation. Let's try that again. Look around at the beauty of God's creation. We live in Hot Springs, Arkansas, not West Memphis. Thank you. Have you ever taken the drive from Little Rock to Memphis? It's really hard to rejoice at those truck stops. I'm telling you, they're not pretty. And there's no clean bathrooms. Hallelujah. Hot Springs, Arkansas. Mountains, rivers, lakes, streams. This is beautiful. We live in a beautiful city. And we should be thankful and rejoice and at times lift our voice in praise at God's creation. Secondly, look at the power of his promises. Wow. Let not your heart be troubled, he said. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not, so I'd have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again. And if I, and that where I am there, you may be also. What am I saying? I'm saying God says he is preparing a place for us and he will come again. Promise. Amen. If you're glad Jesus is coming again, let him know right now. You hear that, Jesus? We're glad you're coming back to take us home. We're thankful for that, Lord. Oh, my. There's so much to be thankful for. Then look at the track record of God's care over your life. Look at how good God's been to you. His care for you, his love for you, just over your lifetime. How he's protected you, how he's watched over you. All of that should cause us to do this. Psalm 147. Sing. Sing unto the Lord with thanksgiving. Sing praise upon the harp unto our God. That's why we sing. That's why we praise. Why? Because God's been so good to us. That's what Sonia's saying. I'm so thankful, so thankful. He's been so good to me. Do you see it? Do you hear it? Do you feel it? It's Thanksgiving. It's in the air. It's not just a day of the year. It's every moment of every day. It's something we sing about on Sundays. And then secondly, I'd like to introduce to you my second inductee into the Hall of Fame. You may have heard of them. Here they are. Their names are Heman and Jennifer. Who in the world are these two cats? Heman and Jonathan. First of all, I'm glad those names are not used anymore. Second of all, I want to introduce you to you. Perhaps you've never heard of them. They're among the most obscure characters in all the Bible. But in the great worship teams of King David, that's right, worship teams. You know, the more I read the Bible the more I understand there were worship teams. This is not new. 
I mean, this generation acts like, oh, they got a worship team. Yeah, they got a worship team. They had worship teams in the Bible. This is, this is, this is beautiful. And so it says here that, that, that they were appointed by the king. The king chose them and others to worship, to lead worship. Look at it. First Chronicles 16, 41 says that Heman and Jedithan and the rest, there were others, but these two men were singled out for the Hall of Fame today. They were chosen who were expressed by name. Heman and Jedithan, you too for sure. I want you to give thanks to the Lord because his mercy endureth forever. Is there another one I want to... No, yeah, 25.6. And then all these were under the hands of their father for song. They were under the hands of the father for song in the house of the Lord with cymbals, psalteries, harps for the service of the house of God according to the king's order. Asaph, Jedithan, and Heman. They were appointed by the king. We have appointed worship leaders. We, we had today, we, we had people up here on the platform leading us in worship. Natalie and, and Tyler and, and, and we had Vince and, and James and, and, and Desi and, and, and Joe and, and, and Sonia and Richard and uh, Sharon and Caroline and, and Shirley and thank you. I think I did good. <laughs> they were all up here. Why were they here? Why were they on the platform? They were here appointed. Appointed. Called of God. To lead us into the presence of God in worship. That's why we sing, we don't sing songs here that like, you know, sowing in the morning, sowing in the noontime, sowing in and the dew. We're not going to sing that anymore. You can sing bringing in the sheaves if you want. First of all, I don't know what sheaves are. Second of all, it's not worship. We're not going to sing songs that don't worship Jesus. We're only going to sing on Sundays. You can sing those at other times. On Sunday mornings, we are going to sing songs that worship and praise Him. And so they lead us in worship. And that's the purpose of the team. That's the same thing as Heman and Jedithan. They were appointed by the king to lead worship. It was their job. We too are under the authority of a king that commands thanksgiving. He commands it. Let me give you five wonderful scriptures to remember in giving thanks. First of all, Colossians chapter 3 and verse 17 says, And whatsoever you do in word or in deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by Him. So number one, hey, just be thankful. Be thankful. Colossians chapter 3 says to be thankful. Then Psalm chapter 50 and verse 14 says it like this, Offer unto God thanksgiving. And pay thy vows unto the Most High. So, so offer to God thanksgiving. Offer it to Him. He wants it. He desires it. Let's give it to Him today. And pay our vows to Him today. And then Psalm chapter number 95 and verse 2 puts it like this. Let us come before His presence with thanksgiving. God's presence is in this place. We come before His presence with thanksgiving. And we make a joyful noise unto Him. So number next, let us come before his presence with thanksgiving. Uh, Psalm 100 verse 4 puts it like this. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving. Enter his courts with praise and bless his name. Bless his name. Amen. Hey, Ray, how are you doing today? Hey, Ray, I'm so glad to see you. God bless you, Ray. What did I just do? I just blessed his name. 
I blessed Ray's name. I said, Ray, good to see you. Ray, I love you, Ray. I love you, Jesus. Hello, Jesus. Good morning, Jesus. Glad you're here, Jesus. I love Ray, but I love you more. Bless your holy name, Jesus. We come to church too often blessing each other and not blessing Jesus. We bless our names. But do we greet Jesus? We just spent 20 minutes giving you an opportunity to bless his name. Bless his name. Bless his holy name. And you do it in the gates of thanksgiving, the courts of praise. And next, 1 Thessalonians 5.18 says, In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. In everything, in everything, in everything, in everything. The good times, the bad times, the first moments, the last moments, the video. The video. Heman, Jedithan. This is one of God's commands for healthy living. Thanksgiving. It's not only appropriate, it is therapeutic. Listen, you can't be grumpy and thankful at the same time. You got to be one or the other. Try being both. God's so good. He's so good. So wonderful. I'm so glad I get to eat and have a nice church to meet in. It's like, it's crazy. How do you do that? No, you're grumpy, you complain, you're selfish, you're self-absorbed, right? And then all of a sudden you're like, man, God, you're so good. I don't know what my problem is. I'm an idiot. God, I'm sitting here complaining and I've got it so good. What's wrong with me? Thank you, Jesus. God, you're wonderful. You're awesome. You've been so good. Great wife, great kids. What am I so down about, God? You've done so much for me. It's impossible to do both at the same time. You see... We're appointed by the king to be thankful. Number three, our third inductee into the Hall of Fame. I have the envelope, please. Here it is. Are you ready? The third inductee into the Hall of Fame is Paul, the Apostle Paul. This guy was incredible. You talk about a guy that was thankful in the midst of every excuse not to be. True. I mean, he had tremendous problems, tremendous problems, incredible persecutions on every side, one scripture said, on every side. No, no, no part of his life was at peace. And yet he never quit. Paul never quit. And I believe the reason why Paul never quit is because he had acquired a thankful attitude. Now I'm going to give you one illustration. I can't give much because I have to hurry. But in Acts chapter 27... There's an incredible story. Now, I encourage you to read it this week. I really do. The book of Acts is exciting. If you like exciting books uh, or chapters in the Bible where there's like action and it's, it's like way crazy and topsy-turvy and over the top, Acts 27. It's one of those. I mean, it's, it's like you're hanging on every verse. Every verse is like, I got to get the next one. Oh, my. What's going to happen? What's going to happen? That's how it is. Acts 27. Paul's in a storm. It's incredible. He, 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 he told them, Let, let's not go on this boat. It's not a good idea. Uh, it's, it's not going to be good. And, and, and God had led him to that conclusion. Well, they didn't listen to Paul. They decided to listen to the master of the ship and the owner of the ship. And, and so they, they got on the ship anyway, and they went onto the waters. And uh, Paul at that time was a prisoner, but they, did, they obviously didn't, didn't want to listen to this spirit-filled man. So they got in some trouble and got on some Basically, it was a typhoon-like situation. The storm was like, we're not talking about just a little rain. We're talking about one of the worst storms you could be. And the ship was sinking. Men feared for their lives. It had gotten so bad. 
They hadn't even eaten in 14 days. It was horrible. They had to throw everything over just to, just to stay alive, just to keep the, the boat from sinking. It was intense. This was a horrible moment. This is what you make movies out of. Let me read you about it. I just took a little portion. And while the day was coming on, Paul besought them all to take meat. Finally, after all these days, Paul had said, look, we've got a little food here, and this is the 14th day that we haven't eaten. You've tarried. You've, you've fasted. You haven't eaten. You've taken nothing. I want you to have some meat. Wherefore, I, I, I pray you. Hey, guys, take, 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 take a little meat. It's, it's for your health, so you can stay alive. You're almost dead. We gotta, we need, you need to eat this. For there shall not a hair fall from the head of any of you. Boy, I wish that would have been me. He's all, all these guys were hippies. It's incredible. And when he had thus spoken, he took some bread. And he gave thanks. No, he didn't. Ain't no way. Ain't no way he did that. That's a misprint. It can't be in Scripture. It's wrong. It's, it's so against human nature. I mean, come on, you are sinking. You are on a ship you haven't eaten in 14 days. Anybody ever ever eaten for 24 hours? You know how grumpy you are? 14 days. They are in the midst. This is a negative circumstance. Now, God, here's the thing. If everything's good and my belly's full and I'm in a nice bed in an air-conditioned house, I can give thanks. No sweat, God. Just make the situation right and you get what you deserve. But anything else, God, and you don't love me, and you're not, you're not good, you're not a good, good father. Because things aren't good. Not Paul. Paul taught us a great lesson in life. Paul taught us that in the midst of the storm, you can be thankful. Paul said, in the midst of a storm, with their lives threatened, he gave thanks to God in the presence of them all. They probably were all shocked that he was doing this. And when he had broken it, he began to eat. And then were they all of good cheer. And they took some meat. The whole situation changed. They survived the storm here. Everything ended up working out. Nobody died. It was a miracle story. You got to read it. And Paul's attitude was amazing. And then after it all was over and he got to shore, he met up with some friends. And here's what happened. And from thence, when the brethren heard of us, they came to meet us. Whom when Paul saw, the brethren, the friends, he thanked God and took courage. Amazing. Oh, listen, are you in a storm today? Or maybe you're safe in the harbor today. Which one are you? Storm or safe? Either one. Either one. Give thanks. Either one. In everything, give thanks. Either case, give thanks. I mean, a beautiful example of this is the man in the balcony. Mark Brown. You don't know Mark, I'll tell you a story. Mark had been diagnosed with cancer. His cancer's been in remission as much as it's not been in remission. It's been up, it's been down. It's been chemo, it's been no chemo. It's been radiation, it's been no radiation. It's been hair, it's been no hair. It's just like this, it's topsy-turvy. But the one thing I've noticed about Mark is though I believe I would have not, I would have understood if he'd have, if he'd have said, you know, no, nah, preacher, I'll tell you what, I, God doesn't love me and I'm not going to come back to church. I mean, I might have, I might have known he was, he was having such a hard time. But what I've noticed about Mark is that he, he's thankful whether he, he's in chemo or whether he's not in chemo. He's in the baptistry putting my my baptistry gear on for me every Sunday, even though tomorrow, which is Monday, tomorrow, he'll go to chemotherapy. 
and, and, and it's, it's a horrible experience, but, but I say, you know, Mark, how are you? <laughs> you know, God, God's in control. God's good. How do you do that? Because you understand my situation, my circumstances may change, but God never changes. God never changes. I mean, things may be up and down for me. I may have a good day or a bad day, but God is in control. He understands that. You think about Casey Goff and Heather Goff over there in Budapest. And Mary Beth just got back from there. And I've been talking to her about her trip for over a month with her daughter and her son-in-law. And that's Marion's granddaughter and grandson-in-law. And listen, they went through a very scary, dangerous time over there when thousands of refugees were flooding into their country. And it was a very dangerous time. It was a time where some of the prayer requests I was not allowed to put on the prayer line. Couldn't do it. You, you can't even respond to the emails in certain ways for fear of their lives. And yet, there's other times when things are a little bit better and things are a little bit lighter and, and it's not as intense. But you know what I've noticed about Casey and Heather? By the way, Heather's health is not good. She's coming back for treatment here, I think, very soon to Nashville for several weeks just so she can go back to Budapest and live a little longer and have some quality of life while she serves there. You see, these people aren't serving in Budapest because it's easy. They're not thankful for God using them because it's easy, because it's smooth, because their lives are not in danger. No, whether it's safe or whether it's unsafe. Thank you, Jesus. You've been so good. Thank you for using us. Let me induct the fourth group into the Hall of Fame. Here we go. And my inductees are into the Hall of Fame for Thanksgiving. The angels. The angels. These dudes are something else. Oh my, have you ever read about them? They're pretty impressive. I mean, the book of Revelation is the best place to go because it reveals a wonderful secret about angelic praise. And by the way, the words of their worship include thanksgiving. Revelation chapter 7, verse 11, maybe the best verses of all to explain the angels in heaven. They stood round about the throne, the throne of God, and about the elders and the four beasts. And they fell before the throne on their faces and worshipped God. And how did they worship? Here's how they did it. Amen! Blessing! Glory! Wisdom, thanksgiving, honor, power, might be unto our God forever and ever. Amen. That's the angels in heaven, honoring God, loving on Him, worshiping Him, on their faces, full body worship these angels. What were they thankful for? Many things. But as believers, we have an even greater reason to be thankful. I am humbled by this. Because I look at this and realize that angels have never been redeemed by the blood of Jesus. No angel has ever sung redemption song. You and I have more reason to be thankful. Because we have been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. And so we today should be saying blessing and glory and honor and wisdom and thanksgiving and power and might and praise be unto our God forever and ever. Amen. 
I'm washed in the blood. I'm not going to let the angels out-worship me. They don't know what I know. You see, if we get a hold of this thing, it would change our attitude. It doesn't mean we all worship in the same manner, but it does mean, as far as methodology, potentially, different personalities, different expressive ways. I understand that. I've learned to appreciate the art of creative worship dance. Those that are gifted in that. It's not, there's no sexual connotation. or It's a beautiful way to express yourself. Some are gifted that way. Others are gifted just to sing like angels. Are you with me? Yeah, they got, the voices are like, dude, I don't need a mic. It would ruin it. Let me just scream on the front row where no one can hear me but my wife and kids. And I don't think they can hear me because they're screaming or worshiping. People are gifted. I've seen all kinds of ways to worship that I used to think, you know, well, there's only one way to worship. It's like this. Love lifted me, love lifted me. First of all, if love lifted you, you've got to at least do this. You've got to at least jump. Because, I mean, the song says it lifted you. But anyway, the point I'm making is that I am glad that it's okay to worship God. I'm, I'm glad I found out it's okay. I don't have to judge you. You don't have to judge me. You're free to worship as you please. I don't, have to, I don't have to look at you and say, man, why don't they raise their hands? But you don't have to wor- look at me and say, why does he raise his hands? We just worship God the way we feel like we want to worship God. You just worship him in, in freedom, in spirit, and in truth. You feel free. Somebody wants to come up to the front and worship God? Come on, come on up. Come on up to the front. Sometimes, listen, your job is not to say, oh, who's that? What are they doing? What are you doing? We're worshiping God. What are you, what are you looking around? Come on up with them. Enjoy it. Come on up and just worship God up. And you say, well, that's kind of strange. We don't want to draw attention ourselves. You won't because we're all worshiping God. We're not looking at you. We're not worried about you. We're not worried about anybody else. See, that is far gone in our church. That used to be how we were. I mean, I get, you know, I was that way a little bit. I mean, you know, I was. I mean, but I get called, you know, when you, you know, so and so, did you see? They're raising their hands. Uh, uh, and it was all negative and all judgmental. But I got to thinking about it. The reason why it was is because we were worshiping horizontally. When you worship vertically, you're not looking at the man next to you, you're looking at the God of heaven who we're worshiping. See? So that's what's beautiful about worship. The angels, pretty impressive guys they are, they were. Then they give you the last one here, number five. My last inductee into the Thanksgiving Hall of Fame is Anna, the prophetess, a widow. Kind of a downer for the last one, huh? It's like, wow, Anna? This chick was amazing. No kidding. Listen, she is one of the original characters in the Christmas story. And it's Christmas. We need to know who Anna was. She's phenomenal. She's a widow for many years. And she, she lived in the temple, lived there. She didn't leave. Why? Because she was waiting the arrival of Jesus, the Christ child, the redemptive one, uh, the, the, the one who would redeem all of Israel and the world. And she, she served God with fastings and prayers night and day. What I want you to see this morning is I want you to see 
why I put her in the hall of fame. It was because of her reaction. When Mary and Joseph entered the temple after Jesus was born, after the Messiah was born, here was her reaction. And there was one Anna, a prophetess. And she was a widow. Four score and four years. She never left the temple. She never. She served in the temple. She fasted and she prayed all night and all day. And she, coming in that instant. Now, now, now don't, don't get ahead of me. I know it's hard not to because it's right up there. But listen, what instant? The instant Jesus was born. That's all she was waiting for. The instant. As soon as she heard the cry of that baby Jesus, as soon as Mary came in, she gave thanks unto the Lord. Let me just stop here and say there's some things, you know, we could give thanks to the Lord about. We could give thanks to to God for Christ, about his life, about his death, about his resurrection, about his ascension, about the Holy Spirit interceding, about his soon return. There's lots we can give give thanks to Christ for. Amen? But notice, secondly, she spake of him to all them that looked for redemption in Jerusalem. Wow. I inducted her into the Hall of Fame for two reasons. Because she teaches us in her reaction two very important things. Number one, she teaches us, first of all, to thank God for Christ. Thank God for Christ. Did you know that's why we're here today? We're primarily here today in this worship service to thank God for Christ. You see, God loves it when his son is lifted up. God loves it when it's all about Jesus. Because God says, listen, that's, that's what it's all about. God's all about Jesus. I mean, it's, it's all about the one who can save people from their sins. It's about him being lifted up. It's not about the preacher being lifted up. It's not about the voices getting, getting all the accolades. No, it's not about that. We want to be invisible. We want you to see Jesus. So thank God for Christ. Secondly, let's give her some credit because she spoke of him to others. Her reaction to the Christ child being born was to give thanks and to tell others. How cool is that? Kind of sounds like maybe that's what we ought to be doing. Basically, give thanks and tell others. Give thanks and tell others. Give thanks for all that he's done and tell others for all that he's, of all that he's done. I would encourage you today, as you come into this Thanksgiving season, to speak of him often. Speak of him. Talk about it. Share the good news. Tell others about what he's done for you openly and freely. Like this, like like this, like this. Five things to be thankful for. Hopefully you're not looking at that list and saying, that's a long one. Ah, give it a shot. Well, let me help you. Dave, one thing to be thankful for. Just give me one. Your wife. Amen. Your wife. Good choice. Especially since he's sitting next to you. Your wife. I'm thankful for my wife. Amen. Elijah's thanking God for his future wife. Amen. Hey. All right, Chet. Something else. Not your wife, although it would be your wife. Give me something else. Your daughter. Chet's daughter. If you knew the story... It'd blow your mind. If you knew what God has done to restore this relationship, it'd blow you away. It's amazing. And here she is. She's amazing. I love this girl. 
And, and, and she's coming back next Sunday. And she's been here a few weeks already. Listen, are you thankful for your children? Isn't it, aren't they a great gift? Jerry, something else. What are you thankful for? One thing. Mercy, salvation. Mercy of God. The mercy of God. Hey, every day. Not just for salvation, but every day. Just God's mercy. They're new every what? Morning. Amen. Mark, one thing to be thankful for. We already said that. Sorry. Got to say something else. You did cover it well. Yeah, give me one more. Church. Thank you, brother. Thanks for coming through for me there. The church. Man, listen. I'm glad we got a place to worship. Got a church to attend. Not a perfect church. It's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's an imperfect church with an imperfect pastor, with imperfect people. It, it's a church that struggles. It's a church that, that, that needs God to intervene. It's a church that needs miracles. It's a church that needs... But it's a church that we can come and find strength and help and comfort and friends and, and we, can, we can worship. Hey, it's the church. It's what Jesus died for. I'm thankful for my church. One last thing and we'll be done. Nathan, Nathan Day. The Electoral College... <laughs> Boy, he just ruined it. <laughs> well, I guess we're laughing about it. Hey, let's just put it like this. Aren't we thankful we can vote? Just thankful we live in a country where we can freely vote. Truth of the matter is this. You and I have a lot to be thankful for. And in that list, if you can't fill a list of five things out, I just helped you. But I want to challenge you this Thanksgiving season to give thanks to speak of Jesus. Speak of it. I wonder if I'm speaking right now life into somebody in this building. In other words, you're sitting here, you're kind of wondering, what's the big deal? This guy's excited and he's talking about worshiping Jesus and he's all over the platform and what is it? What has happened to him? Let me tell you what happened to me on September the 1st, 1978. I got saved. I got saved and I've never gotten over it. It's the greatest thing that ever happened to me. I mean, it's like It's like being born again, the Bible says. You're born the first time in your mother's womb. You're born the second time in the Holy Spirit's womb, if you will, by by water, by spirit. And by the Spirit of God, I've I've been saved. I've been baptized into His Spirit. I've been born again. And I am a Christian. And I know that I'm going to heaven when I die. Do you know that? If you don't know that, then this morning, I want to invite you to be saved. I want to invite you to walk the aisle. I want to invite you to come to the front. I want to invite you to take me, one of our pastors, by the hand and just simply say, I need someone to pray with me about that. And if you need to come and pray, come to the altar, whatever you feel led to do. If you just want to stand and worship, sit and worship. I mean, we're going to stand, but you're welcome to do whatever you feel led to do at this time for the next three or four minutes as we open this thing up for the Holy Spirit to do a work. Father, I thank you so much.